Well, it is an honor to be your lead pastor, and I want to start off with just making sure we all are aware of actually a couple of uh, friends and believers in our body that have passed away this week. Uh, Hugh Hudson, last Sunday, uh, passed away, went to be with Jesus, and, um, and you know, he just... Um, such a jewel in the kingdom of God, shining God's light in this unique color scheme of this special rare jewel of Hugh Hudson. Tomorrow is the uh, visitation and funeral at Herod Brothers in Frankfurt at, I believe it's 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. is visitation, 1 p.m. is the, is the funeral, Philip, Pastor Philip will officiating there. And um, there's some note cards that you can write a note to the family, and you leave in the basket and to encourage them and bless them and comfort them, or you can bring it uh, to the funeral service and give it to the family then. Uh, also, a few days ago, an old friend of our, our church family, Bob O'Nan, passed away. And, um, and, and I don't know if the funeral range has been set up yet. So we want to lift up the O'Nan family and, and Gary Donna um, in our church family. And he, he was such a giver, such a servant. He was a, a coach for the basketball team back in the Living Waters Christian School days. And he coached them to the state championship uh, one, one year. And uh, what a servant and a, a really fun guy. You're going to be laughing. If you're within 10 feet from him, you're going to be laughing real soon because he was just so much fun. Uh, let's let's just lift up uh, these families here. Lord Jesus, uh, you created these two uh, men, these two children of God, and you've used Hugh to impact our life, and you've used Bob to touch so many. And so, Lord, we say thank you for that we knew them, that we had relationship with them. And, Lord, we do... Um, uh, as we give thanks to you and honor you in their lives, about their lives, we pray for uh, grieving friends and family that you would comfort us by your spirit. And Lord God, that their lives would inspire us to live that much closer to you. And Lord, we are asking that there will be salvations at these funeral services this week, Lord God, that you will use this to, uh, uh, this life to come forth out of their death, all for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Last Sunday night, we had changed the dates because of the weather, had a great uh, Open the Wells uh, worship and prayer night, just there was an anointing on there, I believe it was because of your hunger for God and your fasting uh, that long weekend. I want to say thank you for fasting, I know it impacted my heart and life, praying it has lasting fruit in yours. And one of the things that we've been working on, you've heard us talk about it, coming out of the Love One Another series, are uh, restarting, relaunching launch groups. And so I, I just appreciate Brandon saying, be praying about where to get into a connection of a smaller spiritual family. One of the new groups that's starting is a family group welcoming young children. Well, we'll be committed to having childcare, and that's going to be on the second and fourth Thursday nights at the Riley home. And uh, we are, my wife, Delisa, and I are excited about that. We want to get to know you. We want to encourage you if, as parents of children who still live at home. So, uh, again, be praying about these gatherings. God has a place for you. The title slide, Priest, Warrior, King, uh, we are getting into the warrior today. And it was actually the first uh, word that came to me, 1st of January. But God delayed this uh, and said, you need to dig into the priest first. And Lord willing, we'll continue on with the warrior and get on more into king as well next Sunday. But I believe that if you haven't been convinced yet by the Spirit of God that today you will believe, like me, in 2024, God wants to show himself strong. That's where I believe this message is going to take you. Now, we've dealt with the 
uh, it talked about Jesus being a high priest and how that priesthood is brought into us. And First Peter 2, verse 9, is a scripture we've used. It's got an interesting uh, direction in this scripture today. I want us to get back to this. That First Peter 2, 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So, Father, our, uh, you guys, our saying yes to the Father being in his priesthood is a calling out of darkness and into a new kingdom, a kingdom of his light. And so there are these two kingdoms in contrast and even in battle with one another. And for you to become in the royal priesthood, a child of God, Someone had to fight for you to make this transaction from the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And that number one fighter for you, warrior, is Jesus Christ. And yet he brings us into his battle with him as partners in ministry. And God hears our prayers. And so it's like God has taken us out of a desert place into his promised land out of darkness into light. I'm going to read a passage and kind of read it and pray it and talk about it as we go along. It's in Ephesians chapter 6. It's describing the armor of God. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on it today. There's more in there. I'll hope to hit on it a little bit more next Sunday. It's just got so much meat in it. But when I think about this list describing the armor of God, I think I am putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Like he has different outfits, you know. He's got the righteousness uh, outfit, and he's got the victorious outfit, and he's got the armor of God outfit. And even Paul talks about being clothed with Jesus Christ, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, says, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, that's warrior language, isn't it? That's getting battle-ready language. And this sentence is for you. He's saying, hey, listen, Living Waters family, listen, uh, Judy and Ken, listen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we need to realize God actually puts his strength and might in us. And that is his will. That is his way. So, Lord, do it now. Do it today. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's verse 11. Put on. So it's you have to put it on. You have to buy your faith It didn't happen just by accident. You have to say, Lord, I believe this is my armor. I'm putting on your armor, and it's for me, and I want to live this day with this armor. Because, hey, it's a day to stand against something. Against is is a term of battle. It's a term of fighting. It's against these schemes, evil schemes of the devil that are everywhere. So, Lord, may we remember to put on the full armor. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. So that's a description of a demonic evil spirit kingdom that's actually working together at different levels of authority and position to attack uh, believers and churches and ministries. And so it's a spiritual battle. It's not against people directly. It's a spiritual battle that he's addressing here, what we're getting uh, uh, prepared for. And this is why that the community prayer gatherings when the Lord put these on my heart uh, several years ago, it was so important because I could see God showed me this dome of darkness over Shelby County. 
and that God wanted to break that up, this, this strategic connecting of evil plans and schemes and powers. And when the body of Christ is unified and prays in unity, the devil's weakened. His kingdom is weakened and is destroyed. Next verse. Well, Lord, we say, help us remember that it's not our spouse that we're battling against. It is not our child. It is not that co-worker. But when we sense evil at work, Lord God, it is evil spirits. And help us, Lord, remember this and go after those evil spirits for victory. Verse 13, therefore, take up, again, that's what we do, the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist for truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you can or will be able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so we're literally, from head to toe, we're putting on this armor, these characteristics of Jesus Christ, and he gives us this sword, and the sword, we've got it. It's the Word of God. And so we don't want this Bible to get dusty on the side of our lazy boy or sofa. If you use Bible apps, we want these things to be dustless and free of, of, of stagnation. Why? Because it is our sword of the Spirit. Because you are being shot at with arrows, multiple arrows, whether you realize it or not. So, Lord, we pray that we can discern those fiery darts. And, Lord, Continue with the shield of faith to move forward in faith with you. To keep moving forward with our sword and in prayer. I'm going to go into a a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12 that I'll refer back to uh, occasionally. And Paul begins this chapter in Hebrews 12 saying that we're in a race. We're in a race, and there's these witnesses, and they're cheering us on, and we're supposed to get things that are slowing down sins and uh, habits and distractions and fears and get them off of us because they're slowing us down in this race. And he says, I'm going to tell you who to focus on in this race. It's verse 2. Looking unto, focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Folks, let me tell you. Jesus is our author, our originator, our pioneer of our faith. He's the captain that goes before us in our faith. And he's the one that says, and I will finish your race. I am the one that will be sure to complete your race. I am the one that will perfect you in this race and journey. You just keep focus on me because I am the one who finishes it with you, for you. I'm the one makes you capable to finish this race. If you have any doubt, turn your focus to Jesus because what does he do? He finished this race. It says he endured the cross. He defeated that cross. He He despises shame. He defeated shame. Sin and shame both are taken care of by the blood of Jesus. And what does he do? He sits down as royal son, King Jesus, at the right hand of his father, on his throne at the right hand. The the right arm of authority is where he sits by his father. He is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. So I want to say to us, Be encouraged today. If you have any doubt or fear or you're being distracted or you're just calloused and dulled to be walking in God's presence and and being expectant to see him, expectant to hear his voice, expectant to partner with him, then this doubt is holding you back 
with God's will. God's will is I'm king, I'm victorious, and my cross is enough to defeat sin and shame. And I want you to walk as a priest, as a warrior, as a king. I've got to introduce a Hebrew word and a concept uh, from the Hebrew Scriptures. And we're going to go to Joshua chapter 1. And I'm praying you're going to see the value and the importance of God's strength today and how He wants you to walk in it. I'm going to set up uh, what's happened here before Joshua chapter 1. A lot has happened to the Israelites, God's people. They left uh, when they were a small group of, of a family with 12 sons under, uh, under Jacob, and his name was turned to Israel. They went to Egypt because of the drought. And after that Pharaoh died and, and so forth, they forgot uh, Joseph. And, and so they went into slavery under the Egyptian for almost 400 years. And the heart cry of, for freedom was crying out. And God came through this young man and this man who was matured under, under the father, uh, Moses. And he came and he was a deliverer by God's mighty hand with ten plagues, these miracles and victories over the most powerful kingdom in the earth. And when the Pharaoh's army was drowned and totally defeated, the next step was for these 12 tribes, which, which was thousands, hundreds, thousands, even a couple million people, they were ready to go into the promised land that God had already spoke to their forefathers, Abraham and Isaac, and Jacob, and here they are, they're ready to go, and Moses says, okay, to prepare for our invasion, I'm going to send a leader from each one of the 12 tribes, you go into the land, and you spy things out, and we'll, you know, get a, a strategy, and they came back, and 10 of the 12 spies were shivering in fear, and said, we cannot go, we are like little grasshoppers against these giants. Hey, it is a great land flowing with milk and honey, but we cannot go in. Their fear overtook their will to obey. And only two, Joshua and Caleb said, no, we saw the same giants, but listen, our God is bigger. There's no reason to have fear. God was so upset and angry. He was going to wipe out all of them, and just keep Moses alive and say, I'm just going to start all over with you, Moses, and your family. Moses, thank God, was a prayer warrior. He was an interceder, went intercession, went into prayer and said, God, the, the world will not know how powerful you are if you wipe out all the people. Have mercy on us. And what ended up happening was that those who were 20 and older died wandering in the desert over the next 40 years. Now, 20 is a significant age. It was the age that when they were counting in numbers, who do you count in the army, in the military? You had to be a man 20 years or older. So it was the warriors who were judged that your fear caused you not to move forward and not to obey me. And so the warriors all died out. That whole generation, 40 years of death every day, reminding now the 19-year-olds and under her growing up in those next 40 years, don't forget this. Don't let fear stop your obedience. And so Joshua chapter 1 is this coming out of the desert and going into the promised land. Just like we read earlier that uh, God takes us out of darkness and into light. That's the transition. That's what God does with us. And that was 3,475 years or so ago when Joshua is about to lead the people in the promised land. Well, guess what? The Israelites are still fighting for their promised land. Over 3,000 years later. And because God is it's his promise, God will move on their behalf because God keeps his promises. 
So God is in a sense, he's finishing. He's the author and finisher of their faith and journey. And here's a transition out of desert into the promised land. And there's a phrase that was repeated four times in this chapter, chapter one. It's be strong and courageous. It starts off, this is, this is God speaking to Joshua, the new. He was the assistant to Moses. Moses has gone on. He's not going to be, uh, he's passed on uh, to, to glory. He's not going into the promised land. And Joshua is a new leader. And so God speaks to Joshua and tells him three times, be strong and courageous. And we're going to look at two of those scriptures, two of those times where this phrase is mentioned. And so let's go to verse 7 of Joshua chapter 1. God is still speaking to Joshua when he says, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. And so he's saying, listen, the last thing I got to tell you, be strong and courageous. And the key to being strong and courageous is obey God's word. Don't go veer from it to the right or left. Stay on it and I will prosper you. Next verse. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now, meditating on God's word is not join a yoga class. That's not the term meditation here. That is a word used in today's you know, very, very loosely it means, but it just means you think on and repeat and say the word of God over and over again, day and night. And you guys have to find the ways you do this in your life. Just reading uh, quick through, checked off, I read my, that's not meditating on it day and night. It's a start. And when you read it, then you pray, God, is there something you want me to meditate on today? You have a little notebook where you you jot down that scripture, that phrase that's sticking out. You say a prayer about that scripture. You meditate on it. You listen to preaching or, and worship during the day. That's another way to meditate on God's word. You find the ways that work for you because you want this blessing that comes from it. Then your way will be prosperous and you'll find good success. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you be strong and be be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So God has a, a blessing that comes from being strong and courageous, but he has a command. He says, I'm commanding you. Warriors, I'm commanding you, be strong and courageous. Do not fold into under fear like your forefathers did, and they disobeyed me. This Hebrew word that I want to highlight for you is the word strong, be strong, only be strong. And it's in Hebrew, it's hazak. This is how it's spelled, but in Hebrew, you don't say ch like, uh, like you would reading that. It's just a strong H. And, and I, I can't do it real, real justice, but it's, a, it's like your spitting age, you know, hazak. Yeah, I tried a little bit. I know, yes. And there's my, my, my Hebrew buddy, Julia, is, is trying to help me with that. And I learned this word for the first time just back in October at a pastor's men's retreat. And they taught us that as you re, look at this word, uh, throughout other places in the Old Testament, it's a description of what manhood is to be like. That men, we are just assumed by being created as a man. Our masculinity, hazak, is to, is to come out of us. And that is how we are to live is with hazak. As we would repeat this word, it's never a whisper, right? It's always with the exclamation point. 
You got to say it with strength. It's not a little word. It's a big word. Hazak with big bold letters. And it's commanded by God to God's people. Now, this phrase, only be strong and courageous, happens one more time in this chapter. And this time, Joshua's getting the people ready uh, to enter the promised land. He says, okay, we're going to go in and get organized, etc." And they said, listen, Joshua, lead us and only be strong and courageous. So they heard it. They didn't re- want to repeat the mistakes of fear of their forefathers, and they gave him the charge to be strong and courageous. Now, you know, in these messages, this whole series, it's in January. It's a time to evaluate your patterns, your life. And here we are, number one, uh, in this personal evaluation. There's worship. There's prayer. These are priestly duties. But I want to tell you, the word of God is your sword of the spirit. It is the most There are other weapons as well that a warrior has, but this is the most important weapon. You have to be meditating on God's word in order to grow in your strength, to live out your strength. And not just meditate on it, but as the Lord said to Joshua, obey my word. You know, I I described last week a image I had in 2023 and in a prayer time as I was waiting and, and, and meditating on the Lord and, and uh, of Jesus and I in the front seat of my car and, and I'm driving and, and we do a fist pump that he's partnered with me and, and he and we're together going into these adventures for his kingdom. Well, you know, there's a lot of images of Jesus. And I grew up in the denominational church. I went to Sunday school and church, and this, is, this was the main image of Jesus growing up for me. There he is. The nicest, holiest man you've ever seen. He's very white and, and like an Englishman, very Caucasian. And he's very still and he's very quiet. I want to tell you, that that is very limited in visualizing what Jesus is like. Remember, folks, he was known as Joseph the carpenter's son. Joseph, uh, his father, earthly father, was a, a carpenter and trained him in carpentry. So Jesus was built like a construction worker. He had big shoulders. He had big arms. He had a tan from being outside and some dry, rugged skin. And, and if he's coming up walking with you and he's got his tool belt and his bags of tools, you don't know if he's nice or not. You know he's tough. You know he's rough until he smiles. Oh, that's a nice construction worker. Kind of like a big dog coming up to you. You don't know. Is this a nice dog here or whatever? And you have to wait to see if he growls and bites you or if he starts licking at you, right? You just know he's big. You know he's tough. He can take you down. And that's Jesus, folks. He had big shoulders and arms. He worked, his, his arms had ripples in them. There is a, uh, actually a famous Christian artist in Versailles named Stephen Sawyer. I've been to his uh, art gallery there, his office and his, where he works in downtown Versailles. And um, when you see what he's done, you're like, oh, yeah, I see that all over the Internet. And people use his... It's very, very common images, and, and he does a variety of things, not just Christian, you know, specifically biblical art, but he has some images of Jesus, and, and they aren't skinny little, you know, white Jesuses. And he's got some, and if you guys remember at my age, the Carmen song of, of, uh, of Jesus and the devil battling in the boxing ring, you know, you have this quick image of Jesus and his victory as a boxer. And he's got one of these like that where Jesus is strong and mighty, victorious boxer. There's an old T-shirt back when I was a teenager that was kind of radical, you know. And it was Jesus uh, doing a push-up with rippled muscles and say, yes, he can take on the sin of the world and be victorious. That's my Jesus. And I want to say to you, that, again, this has been happening to me, uh, this sense of God's strength um, since the last fall. 
and into January that I had in prayer, just waiting on the Lord, this image, and you may not be able to relate with this, whatever, but it was this. Just a little snapshot of him flexing his arm, and that was a confirmation of what I've been sensing for several months, that God wants to show his strength. That's a part of his nature. I love teaching and ministering the love of the Father through Jesus and the, and the amazing love of Jesus. I, I love teaching about, uh, you know, his other aspects of wisdom and so forth, but his strength. He wants people to know his strength. And he gives it away to those in his army. We're in his army. Let me just give you an example of what the ministry of Jesus was like. Mark chapter 1, verse 32. At evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. When you read the Gospels, there's a common summary of three main things Jesus did for those three years of ministry. He was teaching and preaching. He was healing the sick and casting out demons. Here's one of those examples right here. And it has this kind of phrase here of, of, and he didn't allow the demons to speak because they knew him. And not this Sunday, I believe next, I'm going to go into a little more detail and teaching about casting demons out, commanding them to go and learning some more about how they operate. But it's under the authority of Christ. And he gives us that authority as his sent ones. I want to strengthen you in God's word right now. I want to go over some scriptures uh, quickly to take this Bible, these scriptures as the word of God and strengthen you. First John 3, 8, he who sins is of the devil, but the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And this verse might, in 1 John 3, 8, might want to throw you a little bit. You have to be honest about your sins. Earlier in this, in this letter, it says that if you deny you have not sinned, then you're a liar. So it's saying, well, hold on now, am I, you know, and so he wants us to be honest about our sin. And if we're not honest about it and we just keep on sinning, then you're just you're in bondage to evil and to de- perhaps demonic oppression from spirits themselves. Colossians 3 Excuse me, chapter 1, verse 13. It says, he, was, he has delivered, Jesus Christ has delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed us in the kingdom of his son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. There is a power of darkness that must be broken, and Jesus is, his power breaks demonic power. The power of darkness. So it is, again, this military forceful language. I mean, just the, the, the go to resist the devil. It's got to be a resistance and he will flee in Jesus' name. Galatians 1, verse 3 and 4. There is an age we live in. There is a worldly spirit in the world. In this verse, starting verse 3, grace to you and peace from God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. So there is an attack on us just from this culture that the devil is actually designing and orchestrating and tempting, and he delivers us from this evil age. So I want to go to uh, this next verse, uh, a couple of verses down on my list here. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. It says, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men to be strong. Now, some of your translations will say, uh, be on the alert, stand firm, and be brave and courageous and be strong. But here's that translation now in a different word. This is Greek in the New Testament. That there is an assumption 
that bravery and courage is how men are created to act. And so they bring that up. I'm not saying that women don't need to be strong. They don't need to be brave. I'm just saying that, hey, not only God, but the women want us men to be brave and courageous. Ladies, can, can you agree with that? You want us to be strong and courageous. Is that right? And that is our, our inheriting that from the Father created in the image of God. Jesus, our warrior, he has this strength and courage at his will for us. And so we need to see ourselves like God sees us. We need to get a biblical view of ourselves And it's something like this. You may not work out much. You may not feel in shape. But spiritually, God wants you to be in shape and that you have a strength that is intimidating in the spiritual realm and that demons see this, angels see that people who know you see a spiritual strength in your life. Because Hazak is the nature of manhood, and it's what God commands us and gives us. I have just a couple more scriptures, and I'm actually have asked us for this morning to do the altar time differently, where I'm asking uh, for us to have uh, four different altar ministry teams. I'll be up here as well. Because God wants to show himself strong. And we, as a spiritual family, want to stand with each other against attacks of darkness on our lives, on us personally, over our marriages, over our family, over things affecting our finances. It could be a work, I mean, a health situation, something that keeps recurring that doctors can't explain It could be a, as Jesus often spoke to, a spirit of infirmity. And that was the venue, that was the way of healing, telling this spirit of infirmity, a demonic oppression on this body. And that broke the, the, this attack on this, on the health of people. I want to, Focus on Jesus a little bit longer and then uh, and, and on a couple more scriptures. And then we're going to have uh, just a time available for prayer. But in 1 Peter 2, verse 23, it says, Who, when he was reviled, uh, Jesus, did not revile in return. When he, Jesus, suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. So he went through the suffering. He had to persevere as a warrior. Next verse. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. Healed physically, healed emotionally and mentally, healed in the wounds of our heart. God's healing brings wholeness to our whole being, mind, body, and spirit, soul, and This has been paid for by warrior Jesus who persevered through the suffering on the cross to say, I'll take it and I'll win this battle and give you the victory. This is also a great time if you're in here or online watching at some point to say, oh, I want this Jesus in my life. I want a relationship with Jesus in my life. And I'm going to read a different account of Jesus on the cross from another gospel uh, than last week. But I want to tell you, there's no reason to wait. Come to Jesus today. It says in uh, John chapter 19, verse 28, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. 
Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine, but uh, put it on hyssop and put it in his mouth. Verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Listen, if you have a view of the cross that, oh, that awful cross, and it was, that suffering on the cross was terrible. That killed him. The Romans killed him. Oh, those Jewish leaders who got everybody. They, they'll let me tell you. He said when everything was accomplished, that he obeyed his father in every way, he decided when to give up his spirit. These soldiers and Romans, their torture ch- uh, tactics of the cross did not kill him. He said, I have finished knowing that all things are now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled. The word of God is now complete. I'll decide when I take my last breath. It is finished. I have finished the race and I am the finisher of your faith and of your journey. Listen, if you're still having doubts, oh, I can't go there. I can't hear God's voice. I'm, I have too much fear. I have too much sin struggle. I don't think I'll ever get it. Listen, that is doubt from the evil one. God promised you that he is the one who started your faith. He's going to complete it and finish it. And he said on the cross, it is finished. He persevered with Hazak. He said, I'm not going to quit until I've taken this sin completely down. And this shame is scorned. It is It is defeated under my feet. So these altar people and the Lord, he is available today now to say this stronghold is defeated. This attack of the enemy is coming down in Jesus name. It is not the will of God to have repeating Struggles in your mind and your emotions of continue going back to old sins month after month, year after year, and just relegate. I guess I'll never be free. If you've been saying that I'll never be free, that is a attack of the enemy, a stronghold, a perhaps a demonic oppression where you, along with we can with you, say you're broken. Your day is done. Leave in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and, and hit these lights here. I want you to be open to the Lord on what the Lord is saying, what to bring to Him. You know, most of the time, we know what it is. We know that it's this discouragement that takes us into depression. Most of the time, we know what it is, this recurring health thing that it keeps... you. Most of the time we know what it is. It's this lust that keeps driving us back and, and we're having a hard time ever walking free of lust. We know what it is, that it's a jealousy that rises up. It's a temper that keeps coming back. And you know how destructive it is. You know what it is. It's that, that gambling habit that you can't break. It's a, it's a taking other people down with your words. You're so have such a critical spirit and you keep beating people with it. Usually you know and you can say to the Lord, to yourself and the prayer partners with you today, I want to resist the devil and it's this. It's this is the darkness. This is the stronghold. I'm going to tell you what it is. I want you to resist with me right now because we're warriors together in God's army, in his kingdom. And I believe, believe with me, that he's the author and finisher of your faith. And that this is not supposed to stay with us in our lives, in our families. We see it in our homes. We see it in our, uh, in our, our children, our grandchildren. And you want to have someone agree with you to come against that darkness. Let's start today. I'm hoping next Sunday to, to get into this a little bit more details. But we have victory now. He gives us his strength. Why don't you guys start ministering? And you just start coming anytime, seeking God there at your seat, seeking God here up front, worshiping him. Let's do this.
to overcome shame is not something you did or did not do. It's the enemy, as Stephen said. That's our enemy. That's their enemy. And I know God hears the prayers of the saints. I know there is power in unity. I know that when two or more agree on earth is touching anything, I don't care what it is, how far they might be gone or you think they're gone, God will rescue, He will deliver, and He will set free. And I believe, Stephen, that's what He's wanting to do, particularly in these. And that addiction can be anything. It doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol. There, there could be addiction to something that's just, it's just bringing trauma on that individual. Nightmares. I mean, just could be anything. But I encourage you to come. Come lift that loved one up. Come lift that friend up. Bring that friend. Tear off that roof. And let that one come down. Let them come down. Thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you. You are the deliverer and you are here. And you give us strength in our life. So I, I just speak to you and I say, walk in a strength, a hazak, this week in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives you strength and might this week. No excuses. He's got it for you. He's got it available in His Word. Go forth into this week. I just I just believe you're going to be seeing victories you haven't seen before. And you let me know when they happen, okay? You call me, text me. You're blessed to go. You're blessed to stay. We're going to be here praying for a while and worshiping a while, so feel free to stay. But Lord Jesus, we're blessed with your strength today and your courage, and we're excited about this week. In your name we pray, amen.